Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. When I was in grad school, I knew a guy who was a DSS detective, and he had a family, and um, I noticed that he had a younger daughter, and he never let her go anywhere. <laughs> you know, she was just always around his house, and, you know, there wasn't a sense of her having the freedom to go out and do the things other kids did, and I always wondered, like, what is that about, right? Because I grew up being able to kind of have some freedom, and I thought, as a young parent, I would probably give my kids more freedom, and I discovered at some point the reason this man was doing that was because of everything that he was experiencing in his job, the things that he was seeing happen to kids, and probably the concern that something like that could happen to his own daughter and needing to keep her close by just to make sure everything was going to be okay. My name is Monica Maurer. I am a licensed therapist and supervisor. I'm also the director of the Center for Transformation Institute. And at the CFT Institute, we exist to partner with therapists to grow personally and professionally. We wanna be our personal best so we can become our professional best. And this episode is gonna focus on the idea of distress in our job. Our jobs are very distressing, whether we work in the situations like I just described, like um, Department of Social Services and all of the abuse that they see with children, or we uh, work with people who are traumatized from their own childhoods or things that have happened to them. All of us as therapists are dealing with some very distressing situations, marriages, families, people and individuals, um, their individual lives. Now life is really hard and we all experience some very distressing things in our lives and, and it's enough to handle just what we have to handle. But when we think about it, we have just this overwhelming job of not just handling our own life distress and the distress of our own family members, but connecting to other people and their distress. I mean, that's, this, is how, this is what we're called to. This is our livelihood, sitting with people in distress. And distress, you know, is this place of unrest. It's a place inside of us that is not at peace. When we hear something that's upsetting, it makes us physically not be able to stay in a place of peace and rest internally or externally. And the thing about distress is it amplifies. Joy amplifies and distress amplifies. So when we hear these stories all day, if we don't have something a way, a manner, a, a, a process that we go through as individuals to help us manage the distress, we will be living in amplification of distress, which can cause some major issues for us in our own psychological health, can cause major issues for us in terms of depression or burnout and just not being able to be present for our own lives and our own relationships. And so distress amplifies 
and we have to find a way to kind of shut the valve down or off without numbing out completely because a big part of our job is to stay connected to people in their distress. And so I think as a young therapist, you know, I learned all the things I needed to learn in grad school, but when it really came down to learning how to have the capacity to hold, to be a container for all of this distress, I didn't know how to do that. That's more of an experience of growth. I do remember being a young therapist and being in those early years and working maybe like a five hour day, the first five hour day I worked or the five, five client um, hour day is what I'm talking about. And coming home from that and just the next day, just get being completely numbed out. Just, I think it was a Friday that I had had all those clients in a row. And then on the Saturday, I was just like a zombie. And I had young children back then. And I just remember thinking, my goodness, that was intense. And that really took it out of me. And I had to learn how to kind of process through each event, um, each interaction I had and kind of resolve it and store it in my mind um, in a way that was adaptive and healthy. And I think that's really hard for us as therapists to learn that skill. It's possible, but it does take some time and it takes a lot of intentional effort to store things in healthy, adaptive ways in our own minds. Because oftentimes these situations are so distressing and even there are situations where people are upset with us. So that causes a different type of distress. When those kinds of things happen, we have to learn how to deal. I remember um, thinking, you know, I've kind of got this in some ways. Um, I have certain situations that I feel like I now understand how to deal with. But I noticed that when a new type of situation and a new diagnosis or a, a personality disorder would come into my space and, and I would interact with that new type of situation, um, it would throw me for a loop and I would have to figure out again, kind of get a new perspective or new process for how to deal with those things so that my distress would not amplify as high. And now as a more veteran therapist, a lot of situations that come my way, I've dealt with something similar. And I think that's what happens for us as supervisors is we're able to speak to the people we're supervising and say, hey, this is kind of the way that you can think about a situation like this or approach a situation like this. And it's through trial and error. It's through the fact that we've, we've dealt with these things. And so we have to figure out new ways. We have to figure out processes that we can go through as therapists to be able to manage the distress that's coming our way and the, how that distress impacts us in our minds and in our hearts and in our bodies. So, obviously, distress is going to continue to amplify. That's just a fact of life. So, it's more about the way that we approach it. So, the second point here is that empathic resonance needs to lead to compassion. 
if I can sit with someone and be empathic about their situation, that's the first step here. But the next thing I really want to do is be able to turn that into compassion. You know, I hear you. This is how we're approaching our clients. I hear you. I see you. I understand that what you're going through is really hard. I can identify as a human how that must feel to you. And now let's do something about that, right? And it's the let's do something about that. This is a plan. This is our treatment approach. This is what I think could help. It's that compassion that aid that let's 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 do this together i'm you're not alone i'm here for you to help you when we go into that space with our clients that is when the distress can start to de-escalate and not amplify because um, the life model is the neurotheology approach that um, the Institute is implementing and, and, and coming alongside therapists to help implement. But the life model speaks about this idea of distress amplifying and really using our bonds, our bond with God and our bond with others to help us de-escalate our distress. And it has so much to do with knowing I'm not alone, that if I am alone, I'm traumatized in my distress, but if I'm not alone, if I know someone is caring for me and can help share the impact of what I've been through, then my distress can de-escalate and I can quiet my fears by being with another person. Even if that means my suffering is still there, I can suffer well when I know I'm not alone. So that's all life model, and it's just a beautiful conceptualization of how the bond really helps with distress. And we know as therapists that we are called to coming alongside people. Sometimes um, we call that even a reparenting experience. It, I oftentimes say it's a special type of friendship, although it's not a friendship in that we don't have dual relationships like that. It is a benevolent connection with another human where we can come alongside and say, I see you, I understand this is really hard. And I have compassion in that I want to help your situation. I wanna get into that distress with you. And I want to show us both that we don't have to stay in the distress and let it amplify. We can actually take it to the next level and bring it into a place of, of hope, of healing, something that we can do about this to make it better. And the final point I want to make about distress is that life is so distressing and we have to really figure out how to kind of walk the middle path if we hyper-focus on all the distressing things, I mean, say we see five, six clients in a day, we hear all the troubling things that are going on, that's going on in each one of their lives. If we hyper-focus kind of rigidly looking at all of those things, just repeating them to ourselves again and again and again, and we don't learn how to balance that with the positive, we are going to be living in a space of amplification of distress. 
So as therapists, we have to keep up our healthy rhythms, our practices of not dissociating or disconnecting from reality, but learning that my brain can only handle so much at any given point in time. A lot of therapists will say, this is how many people I can see in a day. This is how many people I, I can see without having a break before my distress is too amplified. And we have to care for ourselves in that way, thinking about what is my capacity? What is my limit? How can I care for myself so that I can keep a balance between my joy, appreciation, gratitude, and the distress that's coming in? I love how Brene Brown says that empathy is infinite if you have boundaries. Because what compassion says is, we can do something about this. Your distress is not mine to carry. However, I can come alongside you and help you carry it. When we do that as therapists, it really has a way of helping us and helping the client see the positive, even in the most distressing situations, that we can see that there's hope because love exists, because of the human spirit, because of God and, and the connection that we have with God to take us into these places of hope in the midst of adversity. So I hope this has been helpful to you, and I look forward to seeing you again on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.